This is the Preacher's Podcast for the sixth Sunday of Easter. Victorious is the theme that we're following this Easter season. Of course, we're thinking first and foremost about the victory our Savior won over death and the grave through his death and resurrection. But we are also thinking about how that victory is our victory. We're not just watching from the sidelines as Jesus marches in victory over all the things that uh, hurt us, over all the things that threaten us. His victory is our victory. So we share in his new risen life and actively live those out. Today, we are thinking about the sixth Sunday of Easter, how joy marches victorious over circumstance. And we'll think more about that in just a minute. I'm John Mitchell from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. With me today is Pastor Paul Zell of Living Savior Lutheran Church in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and Pastor Caleb Kerbis, also from Living Savior Lutheran Church, but the other campus in Asheville, North Carolina. And joining us today uh, from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary is Professor David Bivens, who teaches New Testament and homiletics here at the seminary. Prior to coming to the seminary, Professor Bivens served in Brazil and Texas. And so we thank you all for uh, being on the podcast today. Uh, Caleb, let's start with you. We're at the sixth Sunday in the Easter season. So get us started as we think about the theme for this week, Joy Marches Victorious Over Circumstance. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, That the joy that we have as Christians is a far superior joy is uh, something we take very seriously um, if you think about the, the, the question, you know, how, how was your day as maybe a sample of all of life, it's how we answer that is determined by the things of this world, um, whether positive or negative or anything in between. Um, and, and yeah, that's a sampling of all of life, but then we're completely tied to um, the negative chances, the, the negative happenings, and even our, uh, the necessity that we would have to create some kind of change. But for the believer that's marching victorious in Jesus' resurrection, then um, our joy is not connected to any of that. Our joy is connected to Easter and Easter's victory is a done deal. And so is the result, namely heaven. So particularly today, a lot, uh, we get this, this vision of, of heaven and we keep that in the foreground um, that, and that gives us joy no matter how, how high or low uh, life may be at the time. Yeah, it's a joy that is not conditioned uh, on uh, really anything because Jesus is risen, and that is the foundation for this unshakable joy we've got. Uh, Paul, let's go to you next. Can you give us a summary of the scripture readings for this Sunday? And feel free to highlight any noteworthy connections between the readings that you see. Yeah, certainly. Um, the, The gospel of the day is John 16, 16 to 24. Jesus makes a statement to the the 12 that puzzles them. In a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. So they impress him on that. And he speaks of the time that they won't see him as being a time of, of grief. And then when they do see him, it will be a time of joy. So some of the key statements that occur uh, toward the last half of the text, um, you will grieve. And, you know, this is, that's the little while that we're experiencing right now, but your grief will, will turn to joy, like a mother giving birth to a child. Uh, then he says it again, and then he says it again. So the, 
the 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 grief now the hardship now the joy which is to come when joy is complete and and no one can take that away the first reading on this sunday is from the book of acts chapter 14 um paul and barnabas are in lystra he heals a man who has never walked and the crowd wants to bring a sacrifice to him and paul and barnabas are distressed they they tear their clothes you know we're we're only human like like you um so there's in, in, a, in a real sense, uh, they would not have been happy with what the, this crowd of people was about to do. This was a, a hard situation for them to be in. And then it gets worse. Uh, Jews come from Antioch and Iconium and they stone Paul and drag him outside of the city thinking, leaving him for dead. Uh, the conclusion as, as Paul and Barnabas do their uh, return lap through those cities is... Um, telling them we must, through many hardships, enter the kingdom of God. So the, the grief, the hardship now, the, 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 <clears throat> the full joy of the kingdom yet to come. And then the second reading, which we're focusing on in this podcast for the, um, the sermon text, Revelation chapter 21, when, when you look at it, you recognize this is really a it's just a sampling, could have been any number of verses from this second, second last chapter of the Bible. Uh, the, the Early in, in the chapter, um, John sees that there is, uh, there, there, the, there's no more, no more mourning or tears or no more death. Um, instead, as he sees the heavenly Jerusalem, it is, it's perfect. Um, it is absolutely perfect, and obviously that's the joy that, that we all get to anticipate. Great. Um, yeah, just uh, one before we move on to that Revelation text and, and thinking about it for our sermon text this week, um, one quick thought on the first reading from Acts 14. Um, the uh, scripture committee for the hymnal project, when they were looking at the lectionary, decided to include, I notice, verses 21 and 22 of that chapter, which seems to be kind of the start of the next section. But um, I think they did that because they wanted to include that verse 22, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And uh, it does fit because that, as you said, Paul, that's kind of as they backtrack, uh, the mission team backtracks back through Lystra, uh, where they had just been, that's the message they bring, stand firm in the faith. And it fits in great with uh, the theme for this week too, of course. Uh, joy is there in Christ, regardless of circumstance. So um, the hardships that we experience aren't gonna take that joy away from us. So just thought I'd, I'd mention that before we move on. Let's go then to our sermon text and uh, thinking about that, how to preach that beautiful section from Revelation 21. Uh, Dave, could you get us started in that? Uh, just thinking about um, how we could approach preaching this text, maybe highlighting some things that will help preachers as their sermons begin to take shape. Yeah, thank you. Um, good, to, uh, good to be here talking about this uh, 
neat text with you guys today. Um, just kind of backing up a, a, a moment, you know, we're in this Easter season and this isn't the first time a, a text from Revelation has come up. And I think every time you see Revelation, um, you kind of have mixed mixed initial thoughts about whether you should preach a text from Revelation or not. Um, I, I think it works well here in, in that we're still in the Easter season and um, I, I think it, it's happened in the past where you have that Easter joy, you, you, you preach the Easter promise, the Easter reality of the resurrection, and then uh, some, maybe even the visitors in church on that Easter Sunday might walk away thinking, well, uh, we, we must be a perfect now, everything's going to go our way, and I think the theme for today reminds us that as long as we're this side of heaven, um, the Easter joy is real, but the circumstances of a sinful world are real as well. Um, and so I like that, that theme of joy marching victorious over circumstance and being able to, to take that look at um, our heavenly home, which is gonna be the, the final proof of our, our victory um, when we spend eternity there. So just keeping our thoughts on the Easter message, we are still in the, the Easter season. I think that, that helps whenever you approach uh, the book of Revelation. I'm also, just reminded about when, whenever you preach from Revelation, uh, you, you kind of have to decide how much time do you want to spend uh, talking about the book of Revelation and how much time do you want to spend directly on your text? And, and you have to know your, your audience pretty well. Um, this particular text kind of has two nuances. It has, it's from the book of Revelation. And when people hear Revelation, they think of all the fantastic imagery, for example, um, and then you also hear that it's talking about heaven and people have a lot of preconceived or, or wild thoughts about what heaven may or may not be. And you put all those, both of those together and you wonder, um, this is a chance to, to really kind of set it straight from a biblical perspective. And so maybe we can talk about ways to do that uh, in, in a healthy way. Um, Revelation 21, we, we start our text in verse 21, but, but maybe the first verse of 21 is a kind of an important one. You have John saying, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And you would have to decide how much time do you want to spend on, on what that new heaven and new earth uh, is all about. I think, um, you know, from dogmaticians, that there isn't necessarily a, a strict consensus on, on things like annihilationism or recreationism or, or, or all of that. And, and I don't know that this is a time to really get into it in a sermon, but I think if you can paint in broad strokes, just laying out for your congregation, try to, to, to cut off all the, the theoretical at the base and just say, with this sermon text, we have a chance to see the heavenly reality and just leave it at that. Um, and John is about to take us on a tour. He's our tour guide of our, of our heavenly home. And, and with that, I think you can kind of jump into the text. Um, as I was looking at it, I thought 21 was kind of an interesting, maybe a curious verse to start with, where it says the 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was a pure gold, like transparent glass. It, it kind of is a, an abrupt start 
Um, but maybe if it, if it serves a function, it's, it's to just remind us of this very thing that John is doing as he's taking us on a tour. And it's going to be a city like no other that, that we've witnessed um, because he's describing a, a, a heavenly city. And I think with that, you, you can just kind of say, has anyone ever seen a, a gate of pearl, uh, of single pearl, uh, pure gold, like transparent glass? It's just not something that is in our, our experiential knowledge. But John is reminding us that he's taking us to a fantastic place, a place that we get to call home uh, for eternity. But I, so I think once you're, you're on the tour, um, then you can start to talk about, well, what are the, the key features of heaven that John wants to draw our attention to in this particular section in the verses? And I think um, in 22 through 27, it, it is kind of like being on a tour with John being our tour guide and he's stopping off at different places and saying, do you realize what you have here in heaven? And, and so I think one of the examples or one of the examples, but one of the realities he talks about is um, this heavenly home will not have a temple. And for the people who are, uh, are, are, Living at John's time, you know, the temple was the center of religious worship. Uh, the temple was everything. You, they probably couldn't have imagined um, a city that wouldn't have had a building there where they could go to be in the presence of God. This would have been a, a shocking thing for them. And yet John is telling us about this lack of a temple for good reason uh, when he highlights uh, the fact that the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb they, they, they're serving that role now. They're the temple. Um, we, we get to be with them for, for eternity. And then he kind of goes on a little bit further in the tour, and he, he says, you're not going to need any type of light source. Um, could you imagine being a, a city architect and not have put up your power grid or not allow for the, the natural light to shine down and, and illuminate things? And, but he's saying you don't need that, once again, highlighting you're right there in the presence of, of the lamb uh, and he will give the light. He will be the lamp. Continues on the tour and he's highlighting things like uh, imagine a city that doesn't have to take into consideration security needs. Um, and we, we couldn't imagine that. We are uh, inundated with news on television that reminds us of just how insecure our world is, our cities are, uh, the, the different measures that we might take to stay secure. And, and John is telling us, um, here they are. You're, you're in a place where you'll never have to close up the gates um, and you won't have to worry about uh, people coming in who don't belong there. You're perfectly secure. And there's really not any competition either um, because everyone who wants, everyone who's in that city wants to be there doing the very things they're doing, which are being in the presence of the God who saved them. So I guess I'll, I'll stop there for, for now and just kind of to say that what strikes me as we go through this is just this tour guide. Uh, John serving a tour guide through this, this city that is unlike any other that we can imagine. And I think that serves the purpose of highlighting uh, just some of the realities of heaven, uh, our heavenly home. Yeah, thank you, Dave. That that is helpful. Um, sometimes I, when preaching a, a text like this, or really any text, 
sometimes what is really helpful to me is to kind of find one central image. Um, I mean, we often do that with our theme, but I think that image of a tour um, might work well to kind of unify the text or give an easy sort of um, hook, uh, something to people to, for people to grab onto as they listen. Um, you know, imagine John leading you on a tour of this perfect city, uh, this picture of our heavenly home. So um, I don't know if any of the other guys have thoughts on that, but that image of a tour might work well as sort of a central image to sort of build the, the thoughts of the sermon around. Um, and yeah, at verse 21, it is a curious place to start. Maybe um, there's just so much to talk about in the verses before the, those who formed the lectionary said, well, we got to jump in somewhere. Let's do it after we deal with all of the 12 gemstones that, you know, uh, in the, the verses right before this. And I'm not even sure if I get the impression Bible translators kind of take their best guess as to what these gemstones might be. But we get the point, right? It's just over the top extravagant beauty uh, and value that's there. So, um, so jumping in at verse 21 seems to me it's sort of like you're joining the tour after it's already started, but, but that's okay. Or we're picking up the scene after the tour has already started. Um, uh, Caleb and Paul, maybe I'll, I'll let you come in, in here too. Any uh, comments to those first verses? Or I think we're starting to see this, uh, this main theme emerge of the lamb um, as the central figure in, in the city, in this picture. Um, any thoughts to what uh, Dave has mentioned so far? Uh, one thought is that um, in, in walking through the text, and I think the tour guide is, a, is as good a way as any to do it, that if, if the preacher said, I'm going to do the whole thing all at once, that's, that's probably just a little much. But um, so there's, there's the contrast, of course, presented by the circumstances that we see, presented by what Jesus uh, told his disciples, you know, now you'll have grief, uh, by what uh, Paul and Barnabas experienced and the, and the others, uh, other, not just early Christians, but God's people today, the, the many hardships. So it, is there... I guess the, the preacher is always looking for what's what are kind of the major divisions. It would seem if this was one of the readings, and this is where you want to focus on, perhaps you could begin with the tour, but there's 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 a point where you you stop the tour and recognize, of course, that's that's not necessarily what you saw this past week, is it? So so the I, I think the ultimate thing here is that as you take the tour maybe in steps because it is just, I mean, I, I just keep thinking, you got to see this. If the tour guide is saying that or whoever's saying, you got to see this, here's another feature of it. Um, and another, obviously God and the lamb are the ultimate feature that there's in between that, a recognition of what really we have to, um, the, the, the present circumstances that, that we're, we're actually looking through present circumstances to see this, this ultimate reality, this, this glorious, perfect reality. So yeah. kind of, again, thinking of how, the, how a sermon on this text would be laid out, there's clearly there's conflict with, between this and the, and the circumstances that um, 
each of us experiences in his or own his or her own way right now. Yeah, the uh, thinking back to the gospel, maybe um, the time of grief that will turn to joy. But yeah, we're trying to view both of these at the same time, and they're kind of held in tension. the The world that we're seeing here in this text, the world that we're living in right now. Uh, Dave, to that point. Yeah, I, I, I'm nodding my head as I'm hearing you you guys talk. I think one of the, you know, basic uh, just truths you can bring up is that we are in Revelation 21, which we're right at the very end of all things. Revelation 21 and 22, uh, tying a bow on the, the Revelation of John. And, you know, how did we get from the, the joy of, of, of Easter morning and the, the fulfilled promise that that brings with it but then we have the rest of our earthly lives and the rest of the history of the New Testament church before we get to um, Revelation 20. And, and so it's the, the now not yet tension, which I think, as Paul is mentioning, it's joy marches victorious over circumstance. We, we know what is ours, but even though it is ours, we don't fully um, have the benefit of enjoying it yet. And so how can we use that as a, a comfort and an incredible um, just reality to, to grasp onto, even as, as Paul's saying, we look outside now and we don't see this heavenly home as a reality in our earthly life right now. So um, maybe just reminding them, if they've heard anything about Revelation, maybe it's the scary stuff about uh, the seven... Um, seals or the seven trumpets or the seven bowls of wrath or or the beasts and all of those things remind us that circumstances are challenging but we're at the end now and and we're setting our our, our thoughts on this tour of our heavenly home great caleb with uh keying off of something that you both mentioned about the now not yet there's is we're as the preachers looking at this we're kind of thinking um, not only does this picture contrast with our reality, and, and that provides a, a, a plethora of options for, a, a, you know, types of law preaching, um, whether it's, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, but then also the fact that these contrasts, um, our eyes along with John through these, through the Holy Spirit are, are then pulled right back in contrast away from what we see is missing in this world and what we don't have in this world back to the one who gives it. I think um, the, the, the verses as you were taking us on that tour, David, and that's way better than the couple of hooks that I had, which I won't, I now won't mention. Um, but as I, as I was thinking about the walking through that in verse 23, especially, so of all the things that glory can be, um, it, it might, might be a temptation to become vague with that. But the, just the beautiful way that the, the glory of God gives its light, and then he, he further expounds upon that, and it's, it's the lamb. The lamb is its lamp. So of all the things that are glorious, it's power and strength and wisdom, and yes, th those are, um, and even biblical, but the fact that he, what is glory here and brings light is connected to the, the lamb, who of all the things that he's mentioned, it's, it is a weak, strong picture case because it's strong of course because he still bears the marks of his of his uh crucifixion but he rose and so those are victorious marks too so that the, the the adversative aspects so the contrast it kind of then um as i was as i was listening to you guys i kind of was highlighting a couple things in my notes and drawing arrows that 
it draws us to the world and what's missing, but back to the one who gives it. So there's a lot of gospel opportunities. And then maybe there's, the, uh, if there's a third part or whether it's an aspect at the end, motivation, um, gospel empowerment might be this. And this is how we view life. Um, we, we, we carry this per tour per se with us. We, we never, it, we never left, left it. Um, we never leave it. Great. Yeah, great thoughts. Um, Caleb, you kind of referred to, uh, hinted at ways that we might preach the law here or present our listeners with um, uh, the, a problem in the text. Um, now, at first glance, it's hard to do because this is just all good. I mean, to say the least, it's this perfect vision of a perfect new reality. Um, what might be some ways that um, we could see in the text that we could highlight the contrast or uh, include a malady or a law message for our listeners? Caleb? So whether, um, however one wants to categorize it, whether it's a, a defect of this world or a deficiency that exists in and of ourselves, the prevailing philosophy of, of this, of, of well, most religions and uh, certainly of this world is that if only, if only I do this, or if only I get this, and then I'm going to get that, and that's going to be better. Um, but that's always just a fool's game and a, and a false summit. And, and so really, whatever it is that in and of myself makes me susceptible to, and even have a, uh, be prone towards wanting that, and to make my circumstances better, um, then, then I'll be, whatever that is, that's just not going to do it. If only I have this, if only I have this. So if, if that's maybe the, the defect in myself and the deficiency from this world, then the idea that then the gospel counterpart to that would be that can't do it. Cause only Jesus can. Um, and just look at how, look at how different it is. Like the, and as David highlighted before the security, uh, the security, the things that are most near and dear to us uh, to be free from evil, to have protection, to have peace, to have glory, whether broadly or, or narrowly defined, um, the only way you have it is here, uh, not, not anywhere else, not in any of the, those false summits. Um, it might be one way. Right. Yeah. So see, seeking satisfaction um, in places where it's never going to be found. Um, but here, here is the, the final culmination of that security we're looking for, the full satisfaction that we're seeking. Um, other thoughts related to uh, preaching law and gospel from this text. Dave? Yeah, I think if you look at, at the last verse of, of the text, uh, the first half of the last verse, it, some pretty strong words are used, um, comes through in, in the Greek as well, that, you know, the, the strong future negation, uh, nothing impure will ever enter it. Uh, so it's speaking of, of, you don't get to go to heaven if you are impure. You don't get to go to heaven if you are deceitful, uh, if you have done things that are shameful, if you are a liar. Um, some interesting words that are used to just show the stark contrast between those who get to call uh, heaven their home and those who are in the presence of the Lamb which is where we all want to be, but, but those who intrinsically, they, they don't have that, they don't have the credentials. And then you realize we didn't either. None of us had those credentials. Um, it can be a terrifying thought to try to get into the, 
into this new Jerusalem, into this home based on our uh, abilities or based on our uh, credentials because impurity, that, that describes us so well when it comes to our sinful nature, when it comes to how scripture would define us. Um, and so I think it, it maybe that's a more general preaching of the law, but something in order to, in order to truly appreciate this amazing tour, you have to realize how did we get from, from the outside looking in to the inside looking out. And, uh, that's, that's just, a, 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 an area where we can see how deficient we were and then how the lamb made us, uh, healed us or, or forgave us. Yeah. Yeah. So we look around at the absolute perfection that is here. And, uh, since we have sinful natures, we have to ask, do I belong here? Uh, cause, uh, do I belong in this perfect place? But of course, the, the cure to that is uh, right at the end of verse 27, you know, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And how do they get there? By grace alone, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb um, of all impurity. Uh, great. Any, any further thoughts on uh, law gospel? Or we could move into <clears throat> other things, too, um, related to uh, preaching this text. Um, I was what I was thinking of uh, that jumped out at me was uh, just the many uh, facets of the gospel that come through here. Um, and this might be, uh, you know, after proclaiming Christ as the one who makes us pure um, and guarantees this new home for us, uh, just the, the aspects of the gospel that are there, like Dave mentioned before, um, Verse 25, uh, the gates will never be shut. You know, cities had these large gates for security purposes, but there's no need for that because there's perfect security or there will be no night there. Um, that was, uh, uh, a night was a dangerous thing in the ancient world because you can't just flip on the lights, right? There's no street lights that automatically turn on. So night meant, um, I don't know what's out there. I don't know what dangers are threatening me. So the absence of night uh, is like the absence of these threats, absence of danger. Um, so perfect security. And, and you could go on through the, the beauty that is described um, earlier in the text, things like that. But yeah, so many beautiful facets of the gospel that bring comfort. Um, any uh, other comments on that or anything spring into mind as we going to walk through it or different approaches you could take to the text um, beyond what we've talked about, Dave? Yeah, I, I guess I'd be curious to hear what, what your thoughts are. What, what do you think the main, the main point of verse 24 is? Uh, the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. I guess I, I kind of see that as Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem is it's the focal point. It's the, the superior location. It's where everyone wants to be. Um, it's where the, the things of this earth that we might consider to be the most valuable or the most uh, powerful, they are, they're clamoring towards the new Jerusalem as well. Um, and, and I think maybe that just helps build this image of, of this going on this tour of a place where it, it is perfection reached finally. Mm -hmm. It's where everyone wants to be. Do, do you see that in those verses or, or maybe a different uh, thought? 
Yeah, the verse that came to, to my mind um, was Isaiah 60, which is typically you know, an, an epiphany text. Uh, Nations will stream to your light and, and kings to the brightness of your dawning. Um, a lot of similar, I mean, that's, that, this is another characteristic of Revelation, right? All these uh, allusions to Old Testament verses and promises. So that's the one that came to mind. And yeah, I, I think you're right, Dave. Just this is where people want to be um, from throughout the world. And yeah, it also doesn't it hint at just the, the universal proclamation of the gospel and the light of the Lamb. Uh, we have all the numerous pictures in scripture shining out um, to reach all of the nations. Um, yeah. yeah, very this, yeah, just kind of all inclusive light or the light shining to all corners of the world. There's, there's always uh, uh, a contrast, and I think this gets back to what Caleb said earlier. There are, if you want to call it a false summit, I, I think I'll reach the mountaintop when, or maybe we as a society will when this happens, or when this, uh, you know. <laughs> A year from now, when people are preaching this, Lord willing, the pandemic has passed. Have we reached the pinnacle then? When when we've gotten through all this? Well, well no. It's it's there. There's there's always something else that threatens our security, that that um, brings hardship, especially to uh, confessing believers. Um, that will always disappoint. This what John is looking at and what the Lord gives to those whose names by grace are written in the Lamb's book um, will, it, it can't, it, it, it obviously will, will not in any way disappoint. Um, there's, there's nothing lack here, lacking here. I, I wonder too if that's, if this is the sermon where the preacher would consider addressing people that get worried about heaven, like, it, well, are we going to get bored in heaven at some point? Um, we're, we're not accustomed to something that's perfectly good all the time because there's always something that, uh, that lets us down or some hardship interrupts. And, and yet this is quite clearly the promise of what the lamb has um, paid for on our behalf, what he's, what he's won for us by his blood is... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's extraordinary because there's nothing that ruins it. Absolutely nothing. There's not even a little flaw in the pearl. Right. Yeah, just the, the absolute perfection and beauty and the absolute assurance in Christ. Uh, yeah, that this is our home. This is where we're headed. Um, and uh, it will not disappoint in any in any way um thoughts on uh maybe basic uh, outline or uh maybe even ideas for a theme forming in your mind um thoughts on that dave yeah i think you know just picking up on on, on some of the thoughts that i've already shared i guess where my mind went initially I see a room for, for doing something with a, a tour, whether it's a, a tour of perfection or um, a tour of my heavenly home, uh, something, something like that. I think we all use the phrase, heaven is my home, or I'm just a stranger here. 
Heaven is my home, a well-known hymn, but maybe we get to take a tour of that heavenly home um, would be maybe a theme that I would keep coming back to if I were to, to try to break it down into just some, some broader parts of maybe heaven is my home or, or take a tour of my heavenly home, um, see the unique features, which would be maybe a way to kind of call out some, but probably not all of the things that are in this, this portion of the vision. You know, what does it mean that there's not a temple? I think that that really is kind of an interesting thought. And so we'd want to walk people through what is that? That's a unique feature of my heavenly home. Um, and then maybe the, the second thought would be rejoice with your fellow citizens. And I think bringing us back to the theme of the day, trying to find some, we, we have joy over circumstance. We're rejoicing with the others whose names are written in the book of the life, the book of the lamb and uh, the nations that have streamed into this heavenly home too. I, I think there's that, that concluding thought of joy um, that we want to, to tie together with all the readings for today. So something like that, take a tour of my heavenly home or uh, see the unique features, uh, rejoice with your fellow citizens, something like that. Thank you. Great, great. Yeah. Other ideas as far as how you could uh, kind of map out the, the thoughts of the sermon? There's the, and well, I'll, I'll say it's fair because I'm old and I get to do stuff as an old person, but there's the, the, the statement that Jesus makes, no one will take away your joy. Um, that's that's a, a promise that's obviously illustrated in what John sees here. Uh, if, if I say that and I hear that, I'm immediately going to wonder, yeah, but, and then, you know, you think about those circumstances that um, have threatened my joy, um, will threaten my joy as I worry about what's, what's, what the upcoming days and years are going to be like, but the, the promise stands, so uh, could, could that be thematic in the sense of you, you take that from the gospel of the day and then um, look at the look at what will be what is right now as, as it really as it is but again what will be in in, in view of revelation um, names written in the book of life I mean if that's not that just such a great illustration of of something that it's 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 signed and sealed and it's there it's written the, the names have been written down by God's grace your name written there nobody nobody can take no, nobody's going to erase your name from the book. Right. Yeah. No one will take away your joy. I think that, that that's a great connection. Just the, the gospel assurance that Jesus gives. Uh, and here is a picture of the joy that no one is going to take away or the, the full culmination of that joy that can't be taken away by any circumstances. Um, any further ideas on uh, just how to preach this text or uh, maybe ideas for illustration, um, application. Caleb? I'm just thankful to the other two for helping me with further indecision as I've already been thinking of possible uh, themes and ways of outlining it. One, um, whether somebody mentioned earlier the, the, the popular idea of whether of, of heaven is for real, um, but maybe 
maybe applying already kind of jumping off of the theme of the day that this is that heaven is for your reality or heaven is for reality um at least as we are concerned right now and so yeah it is it is perfectly not yet and so you have that counterpart opportunity to play in that in, in that first part um but it's also uh perfectly conveyed for you so there's maybe the motivation aspect uh, an opportunity for the preacher to to motivate people that why would God give this to John in his circumstance? Well, he's, he's giving this to you in this circumstance too, no matter what that is. And, and your reality is not tied to it. Um, whether or not, um, I had a couple other just brief ideas. I'll, I'll be brief as I can, but whether um, a, a play on optimism. So c Christians actually d don't really think of themselves as being pessimists or optimists. We have something more than that. Um, so this, this world's not gonna get better um, because we have a heaven that's already already perfect. So whether you wanted to do a law gospel downplay. Um, and then one other one that came up earlier in the, the season, I think we talked about it on Easter Sunday, um, but that the, the idea that we are very, we very much live as people who um, are present is determined a lot by the way we view the future. Um, and so the, since our, the, the way we view the future determines the way we live the present, that's, that we can easily carry that out, not just in the last way, this, this last year, um, or any year for that matter, but um, especially as believers, we, we live in this not yet, and there's an opportunity for contrast, but there's a, there's a the certainty, as David was pointing out in Paul too, with uh, the book of life and the, the, the light, and there's, there's no need for gates, there's no night there, but it's not just a not yet, and we just think about that, but maybe it's, a, it's also a for, for right now. So the way you live, the way you view the future determines how you live your present. Not yet, but it's for sure, and it's for right now. Right. Yeah, that's a great thought. And so uh, as kind of a, a purpose of our message, we're, we're praying that uh, as we preach this text, the Holy Spirit is going to give our lis listeners joy or increase their joy, that, and not joy that is dependent on what's going to happen to them this week or what happened last week or last year or 20 years ago, or uh, joy that is um, independent of all those things because it's based on the risen Christ and the victory that he gives us. So yeah, praying that people will uh, know that joy and know it even better, and then live in that confidence and joy that that the risen Christ can give, um, because this is our home, yeah, and we are headed for it for sure, um, no doubt about it. Uh, any final thoughts uh, as or hints for preachers as we uh, wrap up today, Dave? Yeah, just thinking through some possible uh, illustrations, and and maybe this will date myself a little bit too, but. I, there, there used to be, and maybe there still is in a very much more modern version, um, a game, Sim City, uh, or where you would kind of be in charge of putting together a different element. You're, you're kind of this city designer, a city architect. And the whole concept is, you know, try to create a community that is going to uh, flourish. And so if, if you were to, to, to build a perfect city, you know, what are the features that it would need? And so, well, you need to have um, places for, for, for people to work. You need to make sure there's a utilities department. You need to have uh, avenues for entertainment. You need to, you know, all these different things. And if, if you think about this text in light of where the, the human uh, effort is going to expend itself, what, what would we want to say it would be in our perfect city? You know, a, what a, a team, then a sports team that never loses or a, 
Um, everyone is fully employed, uh, we, full security. How would we go about doing that? I don't know. We need to have an electrical plant to make sure people have power. You know, John's just kind of showing us this heaven is on a totally different grid than us. You know, how does he build this perfect city? The lamb is there in the middle. And that's really all that matters. Uh, there is no need for a church because we have direct access to the lamb. Uh, there is no need for a police station because we have perfect security. Uh, there, there is no need for entertainment because we, together with the others who are written in the book of life, we are in the presence of the perfect, uh, of our perfect Savior God, and, and that's entertainment enough. So I think that that was just sticking in my mind as I was thinking about how John was relaying to us uh, some of these uh, amazing truths and uh, the concept of, of structuring his city. So thank you. All right. All right. Any further thoughts? Yeah, just uh, just a, a beautiful, beautiful text. Uh, we've just hit on some of the highlights, but uh, hopefully we'll give some ideas to preachers as they uh, contemplate preaching this gospel to their people. Um, and uh, God bless you, preachers, as you go about working with Revelation 21 and proclaiming this incredible truth that joy and here we're focusing on the eternal joy that is waiting for us joy marches victorious over circumstance god bless you as you preach that message